presented by Altria. Good morning. I'm Playbook Editor Mike DeBonis. It's Monday, May 22nd. We're just nine days away from a potential federal default, and Washington this week is going to be consumed with the latest twists and turns on whether Congress will act to raise the debt limit in time to prevent a whole parade of horribles, from a tanking stock market to skyrocketing borrowing costs to mass unemployment. Over the weekend, bipartisan negotiations went from on again to off again to on again. And today's main event is a White House meeting between President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. We'll have more on that in just a moment. But we're also watching a big development in the 2024 presidential campaign today, with Republican Senator Tim Scott expected to announce he is entering the race later today in North Charleston, South Carolina. Scott is someone to watch, not because he has strong poll numbers or is a household name, But because, one, he has a whole lot of money to play with, $22 million left over from his Senate re-election campaign last year. Two, he's got a deep well of support among his fellow Republican senators, including number two Senate leader John Thune of South Dakota, whom our Burgess Everett scooped yesterday, is endorsing Scott and is going to appear with him at today's event. And three, he's the first prominent African-American candidate in the race, and he has a compelling up-by-his-bootstraps personal story that could help him stand out in an increasingly crowded field. Our Eugene Daniels has a big preview in this morning's playbook, so be sure to check that out. Also, I would be remiss not to mention that we're also on alert for another, potentially more momentous announcement later this week. That's from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is expected to make his presidential ambitions official after months of preparations and expectations that he is best positioned to unseat Donald Trump as the Republican nominee. Expect that rollout to begin as soon as Wednesday with a virtual soft launch with a big kickoff rally to follow in the coming weeks. But now back to the story you're going to be hearing about all week, the debt limit. I've got Playbook author Rachel Bate on the line. She's been reporting all weekend to bring you the latest. Good morning, Rachel. What is the latest? Well, Mike, it remains a work in progress as in a debt ceiling deal. We still don't have one. Negotiators were meeting on Capitol Hill last night for two hours, more than two hours. Still no deal in hand. And obviously there was a lot of finger pointing over the weekend with both sides saying the other side was moving the goalposts. And today, President Biden and Speaker McCarthy are going to be meeting again to see if they can get these talks rolling. And in the meantime, we are, what, a week and a half out from the X date slash... Nine days. Ugh, nine days. Nine days till the X date. Nine days till the X date uh, and 14 days until I'm supposed to be going on a June vacation. So they need to hurry up and get this <laughs> solved so that I don't have to upend my vacation plans because that's all that really matters. Forget the, you know, the right? economy and all that stuff. But anyway. Rachel Bade makes vacation plans and Congress laughs. <laughs> Bad idea. I won't do it again. Rachel, we've heard about all these side issues, and we've really been digging into things like work requirements and COVID funding clawbacks and even whether, you know, immigration policy is going to get into this. But what I was struck by over the weekend is that the real sticking point and the real finger pointing appears to come down to the cold, hard math, you know, the the budget numbers and where federal spending is headed. Yeah, that's right. So over the weekend, there are a lot of developments we could unpack this morning, but over the weekend, the White House offered to basically freeze spending at fiscal 2024 levels. And they argued that this actually is a cut in the long term because the CBO scores the budget on a 10-year balance sheet. And if you freeze spending when they had actually planned and projected that it would increase over the next decade, you actually come down and have about a $1 trillion cut over 10 years. Right. You change the baseline for the future years and you can count that as savings over where the deficit would have been headed otherwise, right? Right. That's the Biden administration's math. 
Of course, and Republicans are saying baloney. They want to see next year's fiscal year spending being lower than what it is now. So they want those numbers to be reduced even further. And not only that, Republicans want spending on, you know, defense issues on the border to actually increase. So that means they want to see even steeper cuts to all non-defense programs, things like Meals on Wheels, education, housing, things that these are like the bread and butter issues that Democrats are known for protecting. Right. Food inspections. Prepare to hear about things like that, things that we sort of rely on every day that the federal government is just going to handle. If you're going to either freeze spending or cut it while keeping defense spending and veteran spending growing, that means you've got to take an even deeper cut out of everything else. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's that whole cold math, as you were saying. But we're hearing Democrats right now accuse Republicans of adding more asks Mm -hmm. to these negotiations. They are saying that Republicans now want even more rigid work requirements than they passed out of the House. They are saying they also are asking for immigration provisions that deal with the border after they passed a Republican bill out of the House that got no Democratic votes. So there's a lot of frustration in Democrats' camps. Republicans publicly are pushing back on that, saying that that is baloney and they haven't been moving the goalposts. This is what they've wanted the whole time. So they're really not in a good place right now. Yeah. And we'll be looking at this meeting later today between McCarthy and Biden. Personally, I'm just curious how they can sort of square the circle on this spending question, because the public tends to be all for less government spending in the aggregate on the top lines. But when you start drilling down on individual programs and talking about cuts to things that are popular, that's when things start to get more complicated. And that's what I think Democrats are counting on is that they'll be able to message this. So interesting stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week, Mike. All right. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. We'll talk later. And for your schedule today, the Senate is out for the week. The House will meet at noon and take up several bills at 2 p.m. with votes postponed until 6.30. The Rules Committee will meet late to take up a fentanyl trafficking bill and resolution seeking to overturn EPA and Education Department rules. So expect to see those on the House floor later this week. For an expanded schedule of everything happening in D.C. today and more reporting, check out Playbook this morning at politico.com playbook. I'm Mike DeBonis. Thanks for listening. We're moving in a new direction, moving forward, and moving beyond smoking. We are Altria, and our companies are leading the way in moving adult smokers away from cigarettes by taking action to transition millions toward potentially less harmful choices as we move from being known as a tobacco company to being recognized as a tobacco harm reduction company. Altria is moving beyond smoking. Find out how at Altria.com.